Bank of Clark County is making it easy to give to local charities. We're featuring a different one at each of our Bank of Clark County locations. To find out how you can support their good work, visit our website at www.bankofclark.bank or follow us on our social media channels and the hashtag GiveWithBOCC. Bank of Clark County. Member FDIC. Welcome to the post-production podcast. I'm Kiri. <laughs> and I'm Rachel. And we have talked endlessly about our various experiences in production on the soundstage, in theater, in music, actually directing and working camera and all of that stuff. So we thought we would spend this episode giving credit where credit is due and talking about some of the people who have inspired us professionally, because if we talk about our personal inspirations, we'd be here all day. But we're going to talk about some of the people who have helped us along our, in our professional journeys. First and foremost, the man, the myth, the legend, who we have talked about a lot on this podcast, Darren. Darren! Yeah, we've, we've brought him affectionately up called him lot. our media dad for some reason. True. Which is kind of uncomfy. Yeah. But it's also definitely true. It is. Oh, I just remembered, like, before the school started last year, we joked that we should just start calling Darren dad with absolutely no explanation, and we never did that. True. I'm gonna and now our to, time I'm has have, run I'm out. I'm going to have to get that going. Your time has run out. My time has run out. I still have two more years <laughs> with the man, the myth, the legend, unless I drop out, which, honestly, both are about as likely as the other, so. Two more years with dad. Two more years it's hard to sum up Darren accurately. He's one of those people, I, I keep telling him he needs to write a book because he has so many stories from all of his adventures working in production forever. Mm -hmm. Many of them horror stories. Yeah. I remember in my news writing and reporting class, first semester freshman year, we had to write a profile as our final project. Oh, yeah. I.e. like a big long spotlight of one person and their life story. And I picked Darren mostly because I knew he would talk a lot. That is true. When I interviewed him. But let me tell you, I did two separate interviews with him. One was two and a half hours long. The other was an hour and 45 minutes. And that profile was like 10 pages long. And I cut out most of the stuff he told me. <laughs> Did you record it? I did, but I think I wiped the recordings. I mean, that's a lot of footage. It's a lot. What do we want to give him as a job title other than dad? Well, I don't know. The the man who doesn't get paid enough to do everything he does? Honestly, though. Because uh, <laughs> he teaches classes. He uh, supervises work-study students. I, I not only have had classes with him, I've also worked under him in work-study at school. And he also just helps us with our club functions he supervises the kids who do the sports broadcasting and yeah he does a lot mm -hmm. and he knows everything he's gonna laugh when he hears that but he does oh true darren is sort of the father of production at our college and so in a, in a, <laughs> <laughs> i don't know there's there's not a better way to explain him but yeah so darren just has endless experiences doing video doing audio doing live streaming 
And so in a lot of ways, he uses those to mentor anyone who he sees exhibits interest in production, which is honestly amazing because when I started school, my focus was going to be on writing within my communication degree. Psych. I wasn't planning to go into video or live streaming or production or any of that. I wasn't either. Yeah, and like we've said on this podcast, we both had very little camera experience before we started working with Darren. And then Darren took sort of the seeds of interest that were in both of us and just sort of pushed us to create more and create better and has given us so many tips and tricks along the way, too. Yeah. We probably wouldn't have learned quite as much from him if that original professor hadn't taken so much time off True. from that one class. Yeah, and if you're forgetting what class that was, because you it was haven't It was the listened, intro to video class. Yeah. That's how we met. We did. Like, that's where Darren taught us three-point lighting. Which that's I the, used the first today one I remember. at my yeah. job. And editing. Which I also used today at my yes. job. <laughs> I, yeah, I use that constantly, too. And a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But, like, those are the two that I remember. Everything else has just been wiped from my memory. Too Honestly, much storage. Though, several terabytes of storage. Yes. Darren also created the sports broadcasting club at our school mm -hmm. from nothing, basically. He and did. it's been going strong ever since. And its story, its origin story, I guess, is a story that Darren tells a lot, but it's for good reason, I think. It really just highlights how a lot of production works. Like he wanted to give students who were interested in production an opportunity to learn more about production without messing something up that was high stakes. So he didn't want students to have the pressure of filming someone's live performance if there was the risk that they might knock over the camera and be embarrassed or something like that. And so he figured what more safe to experiment with than live streaming sports because you can learn camera, you can learn audio, you can learn editing on the fly, instant replay, you can be on camera as an anchor and learn performance. And so that's how broadcasting in the sports and the live realm was kind of born at our school. And that was all Darren pushing that and saying, hey, students need to be able to try out production live and they need actual experience to it. They can't just sit at a desk all day and learn about how to do it in theory. And so in many ways, for the last 10, 11, 12 years, he's just been finding opportunities and niches for students to do what they're interested in and get experience in it and get better at it. Very well said. What is the best piece of advice he's ever given you? Hmm. That's hard to say because anytime I have any sort of production-related crisis, I either text or call him, yeah. and I get a virtual fountain of advice, all of which is useful. Fountain of advice. Fountain of advice. Ever-flowing. Come thou fountain of production advice. He has so many catchphrases that are like yeah. useful, but I'm trying to think of one that has really stuck with me. Well, and something he told me early on was, like, we were trying to decide who should be the next Golden Eagle president. Like, we were talking about, like, who would be a good fit. And uh, we mentioned you, of course. Like, this was your freshman year. You were super involved in Golden Eagle, and you were super busy with your communication and music majors and stuff like that. I was like, I think she has the ability to do it, but I don't know if she has the time. And Darren was like, well, if she can do all the sports stuff, then she can do 
the president stuff. <laughs> and he he also said the people who are doing everything are the people who are going to be really good at what they do. Right. And that's something that's stuck with me because like I've talked about before how I've often found myself in, in situations on set in a production where I'm doing everything. And so I was like, oh, well, that's nice. <laughs> right. I guess. And, and it also helps me look at people who are also really busy and see, okay, you are like this because you are good at what you do and you enjoy doing these things. You got to be careful not to overcommit yourself, of course, but... <laughs> right. Rachel just pointed at herself. I did. But yes, that's because Rachel is really good at what she does. Aww. And she is still the president. I am. I got reelected somehow. They still like me enough to trust me with the everything. Were you the only one running? Yeah, actually. And I didn't even nominate myself because I didn't know if I wanted to run or not. Well, too bad. You got nominated. Yeah, I was like, I really love production, but I don't know if I have the time to put into this. And I was like, so... I don't know. I guess I'll say nothing for now and see who all gets nominated. And then I got reelected. So here we are. Anyhow, Darren has given me a lot of really good advice. And most of it boils down to what I would describe as a really can-do attitude. Yeah. It's like the ratatouille thing. Anyone can cook. <laughs> that is his attitude, but with production. Yeah. Anyone can learn to work a camera eventually. Exactly. Like we did. For him, there really is a place for everyone in production, mm -hmm. which I think is really what inspired me to work harder at production and to learn more and to get better at many things and round myself out a lot. And that's a message that we want to share in this podcast that we've been pushing as we've been talking about all of our experience of that there are lots of things you could do. Yeah, we hit on that a lot. Yeah, And if you don't know, then you can just learn. True. And you'll get it eventually. Because I was scared of cameras forever until I got to college and it was like forced to learn how to use one. And I was like, wait a minute, this is actually really fun. And here I am. Yeah, so I think it's that eternal optimism about him and just how much he loves seeing new people come in and learn. Mm -hmm. I love that because I think production can be something that is really scary for people to look at and get into. It can kind of become a clique of people who sometimes take an elitist attitude about this is what good film is this is what good production Hipsters. is you have to have this equipment you have to dress like this you have to only watch film noir while drinking matcha tea like and this is all just an exaggerated stereotype but my point is that production some is... of it's true <laughs> I've met those people. yeah production is something that is so accessible to everyone and that is what makes me think of Darren as an inspiration in my life, is the fact that he's always had that can-do, production-is-for-everyone mentality about his work in cameras and live streaming and audio and whatever. I know I've caught myself interacting with people who are interested in 404 or whatever, and I think, oh, you would probably be best in this area instead of over here. And then Darren comes in and he's like, you should try all of it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> Give right. them a chance. Give them a chance and let people learn because people can learn. For real. And I learned. I thought all I would do was be in front of the camera, but then I learned how to be behind the camera and I loved it. Still mm -hmm. do. Yeah. So I think that's why when we pitched the idea of doing a podcast on our inspirations within production, Darren was the one that stood not even a conscious thought that we had because we already knew at the same time, oh, yeah. 
we have to talk about Darren because he's mentored us and inspired us in so many ways in production. Mm -hmm. And I think that's cool too, because it gives us a really great role model for going into the production world, how we can be a Darren to the people around us. Yeah. And he's also not afraid to point out when you didn't do something to the best of your ability. True. At least for me. Because like there are sometimes when like I didn't know this other way of doing the thing, but there's also times when like I know that I didn't do something that was my best. And he was like, like it's not like he said you could do better. He just, he says things nicely. Right. Darren will be the first person to hang a microphone over a pipe and call it good. Yeah. But Darren will also be the first person to say hey, this is how you could have edited that slightly cleaner. Yeah, stuff like that. hey, in the future, let's make sure we level that tripod before we shoot an entire interview or something like that. Yeah, he also kind of has this philosophy of older is better with the technology. I don't know if that's just because he he knows the older stuff better. (laughs) But I don't know, he likes incorporating like that old-fashioned broadcasting technology into the newer stuff that we have not that we have very much new stuff but as long as the old stuff still works we still use it yeah honestly like he's he's right it's a very foundational attitude to have because learning the basics of an old camera and learning the basics of an old switcher and an old audio board has made me super equipped to i mean i don't want to pose myself in it as an expert because I'm far from it but now I'm to the point where I can pick up a camera and I can know okay this is where the white balance setting is Mm -hmm. this is how to change aperture this is how to change focus yeah or same with a switcher or whatever like it's like those people that take apart and rebuild computers just so they know how it works that in a lot of ways is how Darren has modeled learning production for us is you start with something basic you start with something old that you hopefully won't mess up and because all the newer stuff is based on the older stuff exactly and once you've learned that 90s switchboard inside and out (laughs) you can then sit down at any switchboard and know the basic functions of what it does and how to make it tick it's hard to i don't know it's hard to put into words all of the things that we've learned from this one person Exactly. It's hard to encapsulate. Like, I count myself incredibly lucky that at any time I can pick up the phone and I can call him about anything. I can call him about podcasting or video editing or videography or photography or you name it. If it's production related, I can call Darren about it. And if he doesn't know, he knows someone that knows and he's not afraid to tell me, I don't know. Let me give you this other person's phone number. It's awesome because in the production world, it's really easy to look at huge celebrities within production and idolize them and take a lot of inspiration from their work, which is great. But then to have someone walk with you through your learning process and be an inspiration right in front of you, Mm -hmm. that is more meaningful to me, I think. Yeah, me too. And I mostly like call or text Darren because I have an idea. That's something else. He's very open to people's ideas. Mm -hmm. Be like, oh, we can do this and this. And he's like, all right, here's what you need to do to start and gives out his suggestions and lets us loose. And that's that's something else. Like when he knows we are capable, he will tell us that you can do this. Go. And here's what you'll need. Mm -hmm. But he's also ready if we need help. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've learned a lot about directing, especially from just watching him, because he he can command a room. He does get distracted a lot, but he can (laughs) gather everybody's attention and be like, okay, calm down. Let's move on to the next take. And um, being open to ideas as you're also being the boss in charge of the production mm-hmm. and also like making sure everybody's okay whenever we're doing a stunt like slamming somebody's head against a table you know oddly specific but true story <laughs> a lot of the qualities that i try to exhibit as a director a producer of just person in production i have learned by watching him mm-hmm. and that's nice it is nice i've lost all my vocabulary that's fair not good for a podcast I feel like we could dedicate this whole episode to just breaking down literally every time Darren has saved us. Right. That was not English, by the way. Every time (laughs) Darren has saved us. I understood. Thanks. Someone else who is also very integral to our behind the scenes, our production journeys was this other guy named Lee, (laughs) who... uh, is like in charge of all the broadcasting stuff at our school. Well, it's kind of unclear what exactly he does. He does everything. He does. Basically, he's in, he's another one of those who does everything. He does everything that Darren doesn't do. He does The IT. entire school is run by them, he basically. He does video editing. And he, most importantly to us specifically, he coordinates time in the studio and equipment mm-hmm. usage, which is how I first connected with him was while we were in that intro to video class my freshman year. And I went to go check out a camera for the first time. Oh, Yeah, I know. It sounds so like <laughs> dramatic and sentimental, but Lee essentially gave me my first and only lecture on camera etiquette and like what to do with your equipment, how to take good care of it, all this stuff. How to hold it. Yeah. And then ever since then, he has... How to put it away. Yeah, he's been the first guy I run to, besides Darren, if I have technical difficulties to put it lightly if i'm like hey lee this viewfinder is messed up what do i do he usually knows exactly what the issue is and he can show Mm -hmm. me how to fix it in like three seconds i guess he's the media uncle yeah if we're giving everyone like familial positions within our production family lee is the uncle yep at the beginning of this year one of the guys i work with in golden eagle productions directed a promotional video shoot doing hype introduction videos for the men's and women's basketball teams at our school. Oh, yeah. And in order to accomplish- Those are always really cool. His vision for this video, we had to drag in- Like six or nine TVs, right? I think it was nine. Oh, was it all nine of them? We brought in, maybe it was eight, because we stacked them- It was four. Was it only four? Because the frame took forever to build. We'd have to look at the video again. We would. Yeah, we dragged in a bunch of huge flat screen TV monitors. And then Lee, along with a couple of other guys we work with in production on campus, helped us just bring this vision to life for this basketball promo video. So we built this frame for the TVs. We mounted the TVs so that they made a lit up wall, essentially, for the players to stand in front of. And then we dragged in... Kiri, what do you guys call the fog machine? Hazer. We dragged... I was going to say the mister, and that was not the right (laughs) word. It was the hazer. Yeah, we brought in the hazer, and through all of this, Lee was just behind the scenes coordinating, like, equipment and coordinating studio space. Anyhow, Lee is great. Yes, he he is 
the brains behind all of the operations while Darren is like actively in there helping us, Lee is coordinating everything. Right. Like making sure everybody has their own space and their equipment and basically keeping everything organized, which is interesting because if you see his office, you would not guess that he is an organized person. But <laughs> I think that goes for most people who work in yeah. production, though. Have you seen Darren's office? It's, it's dark. Full of There's... books and CDs from 2007 that he hasn't touched since. 2007. 2007 yeah yeah because i remember one time i was at, just in his office and i looked at the cd that said basketball intro 2007 i don't know i don't i don't think it had anything to do with basketball but it had a really old date on it i was like oh what'd you get this out for he was like oh i haven't touched that since i set it down there in 2007 <laughs> i was like oh okay yeah <laughs> and it was in this large stack no i remember when i interviewed him for my profile he was telling me, I remember this so vividly, oh my gosh, he was telling me about how he directed a video during his time as a student at Wheaton. He directed a video on behalf of his entire class, and he was telling me about it, and he was like, wait, actually, I have the script right here, and he turns around <laughs> to his bookshelf, and he pulls off the dustiest binder I've ever seen. It's within arm's reach of his desk. 2018 was when I interviewed him for this thing. And the shelves go all the way up to the walls and they're all full of binders and, and equipment notebooks and, and equipment and all bunnies. kinds of stuff. Yes. Yeah, no, he pulls out this script from, I don't want to hazard a guess how long ago, but it was a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Careful there. Yeah, no, I feel like every creative's office, including my own, I do have to wrap myself out here. It is literally I don't a even cave. have an office. My, my current office at work, there's just, like, stuff on every surface. Like, at the end of every day, I make myself pack it all up so that I don't turn into a long-term hermit. But <laughs> it's a mess. There's, like, cords and SD cards and cameras and papers and yeah. sticky notes and coffee mugs. Like, right here, I've got, a, like, a memory card and a battery charger. And, oh, look, there's another memory card under the battery charger. Wow. <laughs> yep and like my planner and all sorts of stuff here yeah I, I thought you meant cave as in poorly lit because i it did occur to me also that that like lee's office just has like christmas lights or something and that's his main source of light i think i'm pretty sure he has like a lamp and then darren's office i all i've seen i think the only light comes from the computers yeah <laughs> and maybe one desk lamp yeah that's it that's it <laughs> caves i'm telling you they're messy they're dark and the contents are awesome yes and dusty mythical creatures live <laughs> in them <laughs> the production hermit honestly though the stuff of let legends. me break out my script from my college days turns around and pulls it <laughs> it's like six feet away that's gonna be us in about 30 years it is though i mean hopefully in 30 years we have students making podcasts about us. Aww. That would be so cute. Except Media Mom doesn't have the same ring as Production Dad. Has Darren ever done a podcast? If he doesn't, he should. Because if he, he doesn't want to write a book, just do a podcast. Tell all your stories. Darren, do it. True. <laughs> we will peer pressure, or well, I guess we're not your peers exactly. We've spent this entire episode explaining how we are not. But <laughs> the nice thing about podcasting instead of writing a memoir is you can literally just stream of consciousness your life and mm -hmm. then edit out all the drink breaks 
Whereas <laughs> <laughs> if you write a novel, you have to sit there and write it, which as much as we laugh at Darren's office, he doesn't spend very much time in it because he's always out running around on sets and stuff. Yeah. That's something else. He's always out doing something. <laughs> he's always out helping somebody somewhere, picking up something from somewhere, running around, not getting paid enough to do everything he does. Yeah. Surprise, actually. This whole podcast has just been a soapbox for us to tell our college to give Darren and Lee a raise. A raise. Like 10 raises. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Darren once called Lee the hardest working man at JBU, which is, I think that's, it. Def it's definitely the two of them. <laughs> yeah, they're definitely tied for that. I want to say honor, but it's not. <laughs> but that's why they have us. True. To do things, do production things, help them out, broadcast that sport. Sport that broadcast. Hey. Yeah. Who else has inspired you in your production career? I think the first thing that comes to mind for me as far as like shows that have inspired me as far as aesthetic is concerned, the first one is Sherlock hmm. because they are so creative with their camera angles and just the cinematicness of it all. I work in production because <laughs> like what immediately comes to mind is this one shot. The camera is looking at a mirror and in the mirror is John Watson and his wife just chilling in their bed, talking to each other. And it's like, who comes up with that? It's just, they're just there. Instead of just a boring wide shot of the bed. Yeah. And another one, I've been watching Avatar The Last Airbender on Netflix. <laughs> and um, something that they do is when somebody is giving a long speech or whatever, they'll cut to a wide shot of like the landscape or the sky or whatever that way we're not just sitting there staring at this person's face while they're talking and i thought that's actually really creative because like you can it gives you something to think about like you can listen as you just look at the nice landscape or whatever mm -hmm. i think that's really nice you're not just like staring at this person yeah what about you i'm looking at my netflix list right now actually awesome the thing I always come back to, actually, maybe this is weird about me and maybe it's more common than I think it is, but something that really inspires me to be creative is nonfiction. And I feel like that's weird because a lot of people draw their inspiration and their creativity from like really, really good works of fiction in movies or in shows or whatever. And for me, like I get my most production inspiration from really good documentaries. I like me a good documentary. Yeah, documentaries that tell good, accurate stories about people. That's what makes me love visual production. Or even like, I love lifestyle photography. And so looking at books or portfolios of good lifestyle photography or portraits that have beautiful stories that go alongside them that's what inspires me to do what I do, I think. Documentaries are something that's really hard to make cinematic. Right. Because you're just talking about, like, the history of uh, this one field in the middle of Illinois. Mm -hmm. You often just see, like, pictures Ken Burns into the... Um, <laughs> that's a really <laughs> over good the audio way to track. Yeah. And that's, like, every PBS show. I like a historical documentary that shows reenactors doing this stuff. So you like drunk history. I do. I knew it. 
We've I've talked, talked about, about it. it. Yeah. There was one show, I think it was called Mysteries of the Museum. And like every episode, they would do like three or four obscure items at various museums around America and do like a little short on each item. And they would have reenactors, you know, act out the story of the history. And that makes it visual. Uh, and of course, this is like serious history reenactment. Not quite to drunk history's level as far as humor is concerned, but they also like show shots of the the item, like art, artsy shots, like you see in commercials about cheeseburgers. This is a historical uh, stethoscope, <laughs> the first stethoscope ever made. Anyway, so things like that. Even people that will do just like a YouTube documentary, mm-hmm. like okay, this is an interesting one. Red Bull does a ton of media, like they they do a bunch of documentary style videos on YouTube that are almost feature length most of the time, and they do a lot of partnerships with athletes. They'll highlight athletes who do niche sports or do extreme sports or whatever and tell their life stories. And those are some of the YouTube videos that I've enjoyed most, and they're just like you learn something. Red Bull documentaries, but. Their, their cinematic style is beautiful, their storytelling ability is really, really high, and they're made by Red Bull, so you just get energized watching them. I think documentaries are a bit of a challenge because you need to make something informative, you need to make it interesting. Mm-hmm. Be creative with your documentaries. I think something, too, that inspires me just in general, I've noticed it about myself especially in the last few months in quarantine and stuff, something that inspires me is to actually do the things I like doing. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, I don't feel inspired to be creative a lot of the time. I just have to get down and do it. Like, I have to get down and I have I feel to shoot that. the video. I have to edit it. I have to go out and take those photos or I have to get into the design of that website or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then once I've been doing it for a while, I just feel more and more inspired and have more and more ideas and creativity, I guess. Yeah, I have the hardest time actually starting projects because once i get started on something i will finish it right i don't like not finishing things but yeah i have the hardest time just getting started so once you get there just start then let the ideas come they they won't always come quickly but they will come and do your little creative thing i think through all this I hope we've also inspired each other. Yeah. I know you have because like I said, you were like super busy all the time and yet you still find ways to just sit down and do your projects and do everything that you want to do. And you do it pretty well. Thanks. (laughs) You don't like limit yourself. So you always like reach for new things and uh, you never stop learning. I find that inspiring. Thanks. From the get-go, and we talked about this a little bit in our Get to Know You episode, but from the moment I met you, I got a very can-do, strong woman vibe from you, and if anything, that perception of you has just continued to increase as I've known you. Because for those of you that don't know Kiri personally, Kiri works harder and is more disciplined than pretty much anyone else I know. Wow. Hence the reason I am always late to our podcasting sessions, and she is always early and has done more research than me. (laughs) Well, and Rachel actually has a job right now, and I don't. Yeah, so 
I think the people you work with in production end up inspiring you yeah. in so many ways. More than the people that you just watch on TV. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be in huge Darren-sized ways. Mm-hmm. If you're a person working in production or even doing anything creative, you don't have to be able to sit down and be like, oh yeah, this person is the Darren in my life. Yeah, and if you have a Darren in your life, be sure to tell them thank you. Yeah, <laughs> like we're, we're very lucky to have people like Darren and Lee and each other in our lives, but ultimately like you can draw little inspirations from all the creatives and all the production people around you all the time. Mm-hmm. So, as we were saying, if you are a creator and you have a Darren in your life, or even if you're not a creator and like there's just someone out there that you have learned so much from, just professionally and sometimes even personally, give them a big thank you. Maybe even make a podcast just talking about everything they've done for you. <laughs> right. Speaking of which, Thank you, Darren, for all the stuff you've taught us and also like me over my three years of college. Yeah. So hopefully if you are a creator out there, you can find someone who will help you in the ways that Darren and Lee and so forth have helped us if you don't have that kind of person in your life right now. Yeah. And you can watch a good documentary. True. (laughs) Maybe you'll get some inspiration there. Talk to your Darrens and your Lees, find your Red Bull YouTube channel, (laughs) and ultimately the hope is that you too will be a Darren for someone in the future. Or maybe a Red Bull documentary maker. Yeah, be inspired, inspire others, and with that, this has been the post-production production podcast. Goodbye! Goodbye now! Lucky Land Slots, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.